My friends, to the In Obscuria podcast, a podcast where we exhume obscure rock and punk and metal, and we put them in one of three categories, the lost, the forgotten, or the should-have-beens. My name is Kevin Williams, and I am joined this week by none other than Mr. Robert Harrison. Oh, that's right. I'm here. I forgot about that. You are here. Oh, good. How are you? I am full, half schnockered, if not a little bit more than that, because we is... happen to be recording this on Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, and I have had or enjoyed. Let me just underline: enjoyed several mango ritas at the taco place across the street from the firehouse. They were delicious. They had a little chili lime salt on the rim, yes. and then I just ate a bunch of really spicy chicken right before we recorded. So this is going to be awesome. This should be a very Quality explosive is be episode. Crap. <laughs> Are you feeling good, though? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, feeling uh, great, man. Good. I had a production company come by today to tour the firehouse where we're, they're filming a commercial here on Friday. So two days from now, I will have a famous recording artist doing a commercial in my house. Do and we know who this artist is? Uh, or did I, they not say? Uh, I know who it is, but I had oh. to Google who it was because I didn't actually know who it was. And then a friend made fun of me for not knowing, knowing who this person was. And, and who is this person? T-Pain. Okay. Do you know who that is? I, I know, yes, I know that is Something about I'm on a boat, stupid ass song. Isn't that the guy that does all the auto tune? Yeah, there's, apparently there's tune. a lot of that. So my friends had to educate me on who this was. I don't know. I don't give a rat's ass as long as their check clears. You know what? He probably won't be featured on this podcast. T-Pain will probably never make it. I don't know. I'm going to ask him when I meet him if he would like to do a podcast (laughs) episode. Because I have to, as part of their uh, rental agreement, I have to give him instructions on how to go down the fire pole. Because that's going to be part of the commercial. Oh, boy. And then I successfully upsold the production company. Once they came out to tour the firehouse today, they weren't planning on having pyrotechnics in the commercial until they toured the firehouse. And I successfully upsold them on using some of my uh, fl- uh, flame effects, let's just put it that way, for the commercial. So we're going to negotiate so that So you're going to light charge. T-Pain on fire and send him down the pole. If this check doesn't clear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> lighting them up. I'm lighting everybody up if the check doesn't clear. So yeah, that, that's what went on this morning. So tomorrow we have another meeting to talk about how much I'm going to upcharge them for the pyrotechnics. And, and what is the product that he is pimping? <laughs> Are you ready for this? So yeah. when you think of T-Pain or rap artists in general, don't you always think of uh, Kingsford Charcoal? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so this is the point of his career where he's doing commercials for Kingsford. And I'm, I guarantee I'm not supposed to be talking about this. But anyway, so oh, it, well. is, it is what it is. So if his, <laughs> one of his entourage listens to our podcast, I'm probably screwed. But wow. uh, yeah, so yeah, he's doing a commercial for Kingsford Charcoal. It's actually really cool that a charcoal commercial is being filmed here at the firehouse. And you just so happen to be a pyrotechnics guy. Yeah, they, they had no idea until they walked up and they asked, well, what is that? I'm like, oh, that's a fire sculpture. It shoots like a three-story fireball oh really and the director's eyes kind of lit up and he's like yeah okay so we can and then you know they kept going around going oh 
Does that make fire? Yes, it does. Oh, does this make fire? Yes, it does. So. Does everything you touch in this house breathe fire? Why, yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> for the right price. I mean, so yeah, we, so we get, I get to think tonight of how much more I want to charge them for pyrotechnics, and then we get to talk about it tomorrow. So that's, that was my day today, was negotiating fire. So what you're telling me is you're going to have a good payday, and you're going to be able to maybe buy us some drinks when we go to Nashville. Yes. So I will buy you and, well, no, Brad's buying us drinks, so I can't buy I guess I could buy him a drink later. Later. After you can buy he, him yeah, a he drink. has to buy us one first because right. he was first to say so. Right. But then I'll actually pony up the cost of a, a beer for him, not his whole entourage. I know he travels with like 15 dudes and some women. He's slightly less than T Pain, but okay. he's pretty close. Yeah, so he's pretty cool and he's yeah. got a lot of peeps around him. So yeah, I'll buy him one. He can share it if he wants to. Shareable beer. Shareable beer. It might be All a lot. Right. You know what? I'll splurge for a 40. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, look at me. I'm just throwing look money out you. the door. That is that is charcoal money right so, there. So Brad, you're getting some tr- some of my Kingsford money. <laughs> Kingsford, <laughs> twenty twins coming down. That's right. Not hundos, twenty twins. No, 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 twenty <laughs> twins right there, baby. <laughs> what are we talking about? I'll tell you what we're talking about. It's been a long time since we've rock and rolled, but that all changes this August as Rock and Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Special guests this year include Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, and current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Accept, and more. Stage panels, signing sessions, and photo ops will be available, plus lots of vinyl and memorabilia vendors. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, speaking sessions, networking, and more. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skeo and his new band Resist and Bite making their debut performance, as well as a rare hair set featuring surprise guests performing all-time classics. Rockin' Pod Weekend takes place August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP passes, podcast registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod is brought to you by DBG Productions, Bradley Entertainment, and Inceptia. You know, I'm actually looking forward to the possibility of meeting Billy Sheehan, not because of his musical greatness, but because a friend of mine follows him on Facebook and she's always commenting on his posts. So I, they show up in my feed. And so he's like always posting things about dinner and what he's cooking and his black cat and all this. So I, I've grown. Why does, why does your friend follow him? I don't know. She just is a fan. Okay. Yeah, right. No, no. I, I need to ask like, if, if it's anything special, like she met him or, right. but she's always commenting on his, I don't know if he ever comments back, but yeah. So I've gotten to know him personally through his Facebook <laughs> page. <laughs> so you know what he eats every day. Yeah. It's like he, yeah. He totally posted what his dinner is. And you know, Alex said of his cat sitting on his guitar amp, he'll post a photo of that. Now, does he usually add just a scoop Go- of <laughs> salt to his dinner? <laughs> Scooch, scooch. Thank you very much. Scooch, scooch. <laughs> you must explain because nobody knows what the hell you're talking well, about. Well, so Aaron uh, so eloquently said the man's name. It's Tommy Skio, Skio, formerly the Tesla guitarist, and and Robert a few weeks ago called him Mr. Scooch. Scooch. It's spelled like that. It Why looks like that. that. I was speaking phonetically. Scooch. Thank you. It's just it's a small name. It's just a scooch. I think name. when we're around him, we should make. An effort to talk about. Hey, can you turn that up just a scooch? <laughs> or 
It's over there. It's just a scooch away. So if we that determine what, what day I'm getting kicked out of this podcast for being a complete jackass, is it going to be the second day, you think? Second day. Second oh, yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we I'll, won't I'll, make it the third. I'll hold it the, through the first day and just let it fly the second day. Well, we're barely there the first day. I think it's just show up Meet and, and, go and, to, and go to the- Go to the bar. To the bar. Yeah. And then Because I've got quite a long history of one getting drink thrown out of things. Brad. And then we go and, and watch Mr. Scooch. <laughs> I think we need a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> Have your fingers this far apart. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, after God. you make an ass of yourself, go listen to Pot of Thunder, Growing Up Rock, Slam Fest Podcast, Decibel Geek, Podcast Rock City, Cobras and Fire, Rock Strikes 10, The Hustle, Metal Up Your Podcast, The Dummy Room, Kistry Science Theater, State of Amorica, Potter Than Hell, The Podcast, The Kiss Room, I Love It Loudcast, Ages of Rock, The Synaptic Empire, and Monty's Rockcast. Come visit us at inobscuria.com. Give us a like, share us, recommend us, do all that stuff on social. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're there. Get involved, people. Get involved. Leave us a review. It's all the business. Oh, well, yeah. That goes for next saying. quarter. Yeah, for next quarter. We got to talk about that because there's somebody that said they've tried to leave us a review and have failed at that. So maybe there's a glitch. Is that Elvin? No. Because Elvin sent me a note and said he tried to leave one as well. No, this is uh, a, a, new, a new listener. A new listener. His name is McKenzie. All right. So McKenzie has tried to leave us a review, according well, to uh, his friend that passed along the word. So you may want to look into that because I have no clue what to even look into. Look into. I'll, I'll look at the ones and yeah, zeros. And ones see and zeros. Because there out. might be like a backlog, 500 mm-hmm. reviews that are just clogged up in that drain of ones and zeros. Got it. Got it. All right. So what are we going to talk about this week? I don't know. Are you asking me? Oh, shit. Well, I was kind of waiting. Okay. Oh, it just okay. happened. Good. It just, I just had a deja vu. Okay. Vujade or deja vu? Vujade. You've never done it before. Have you ever had deja vu? De- I think I have. It feels like you, I have. You know what that is, right? Yeah. I think, so I, you, I think I've you, had it before. You think you're yeah. reliving something. Yeah. That's happened. We've done but this podcast it? before, haven't we? But has it? It feels like we've done the show before. It does feel like we've been in this exact position this before. This room? Yeah. It's very familiar. Yeah. So, science says a deja vu is associated with temporal lobe epilepsy. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's some sort of neurological anomaly. Big words, man. Yes, it's a big word. Damn. And then there's a what they call a healthy version. A, a healthy, a healthy vu. version. Yeah, it happens to two thirds of healthy people. Hmm. I'm definitely in the two thirds that it happens to. It happens to me quite often. So that might be some sort of temporal lobe epilepsy. Did you hit your I head have. or something? I don't know. I don't know. But what it is. Or at least this is what they say. This is what the science people say. But I don't know if you believe. Science Do you believe science? I don't know. I don't know about science. Science is. There's, here's what the crap. scientists, you yeah, know, air quotation, quotes, yeah, air quotes. Be here. sure to use those air quotes. They when say, say that deja vu is a French word. No, they say <laughs> that deja vu is a slight delay in processing from the left hemisphere to the right hemisphere. Uh-huh. And therefore, your brain fools you into thinking that something's happened before when it's actually just your brain being not so aligned. Yeah, I'm just processing stuff I learned in the eighth grade. It's just now making it to the other side. It was a I long say journey. Fooey. Fooey? I say fooey on that. Okay. You know what I say? Kung I fooey? say that before science, you know, people really knew what deja vu was. It's a paranormal activity. It's a prophecy. I think so. It's spirits are talking to you. Exactly. There's no science in that. There's no science in that. This is magic, crap. people. Are you going to believe science or magic? Come yeah, on. Come on. Magic has been around for how long? Exactly. So much Thousands and thousands of years. Science so has been around for like 30 longer. years. I'm going to go with longevity. Yeah, exactly. So No need to change. That's why I know that tonight 
we're going to talk about something that I know we've done before. I know I've prophesized this. Episode 77, grave mistake. Marillion should have been huge. What? 2010 to 2019. We just did this last week. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Oh. Yes, we are working our way down the decades. Oh, with the band the Marillion. The recent stuff. Yes, yes. This is the most recent stuff. They're actually in the studio right now as we speak. Oh, sweet. We should probably phone a friend. We and should. talk to him. But I lost their number. Oh. So sorry about that. But anyway, let's talk about the last decade. So we have been talking about the neo-prog band called Marillion, who came about in 1979. The first episode we did, which was episode 73, we covered the years... Fish. No. No, that's right. The first one we did the 90s. Oh, that's right. You threw me off and went forward in time. Then we went back in time. Yeah, Yeah, we're not going sequentially Back in time later on. Yeah, we're not going sequentially. So we covered the 90s because that's when I discovered the band. We did all the albums in the 90s, which are a bunch. And And that was one that Neverland... Was it no? It's, no, no Neverland comes into the. We haven't gotten there yet. That's this that's, is my decade. This isn't your decade. No, the one we're going to do today. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're so messed up. Damn I got it. you so confused. It's it's the Mango Ritas. This is not a deja vu for you. <laughs> oh, all right. So we <sighs> covered the '90s. Blew my mind. And then we covered the '80s in episode 75. Here we are, two episodes later, episode 77. We are going to cover the years. 2010 to 2019, the 20-teens, the last decade. We still have another decade yet to cover, uh, which we'll get to. I'm saving that one for last. Best for last. Saving yeah. that one for last for you. And we've talked about a lot of history with this band. I'm not going to go too much into it. There's two very distinct versions, and we've covered both of those versions already. So we covered the 90s with H. Steve Hogarth took over in 1989 as a singer of Marillion, and he's been there ever since. Their original singer was Fish, and we covered that in the 80s episode, the mm-hmm. last one we did, which was in 75. So everything we cover from here on out is all Steve Hogarth because he started in 89 and is still there. And the band who established themselves after the second album in the 80s is also still there. Mm-hmm. So now we have a very set cast of players, I mm-hmm. guess is the yeah. best way to line say. up. I like cast of players better. Cast is better. Yeah, yeah. It sounds creative. It sounds Lineup's like baseball. not right. Right. So we'll go with that. <laughs> so we're talking about Steve Rothery, Mark Kelly on keys, Pete Chiravis on bass, or maybe it's Truavis. I don't know. I should probably look that up, but I'm not going to. And we have Ian Mosley on drums. Now, Steve Rothery, we've talked about a lot. He's, he's the guitarist. And yeah. then, like I said, Steve Hogarth, the singer, the new guy who formed in 80, or formed, who joined them in 89. So I talk a lot about the difference between the Fish era, which is more kind of a new wavy Genesis sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And we even said sprinkling a little bit of Iron Maiden with Fish. And then when, when Steve Hogarth came in, it was more of them kind of doing some pop at first, but then realizing that they are really more of a like mid-tempo. Mellow-ish. Mellow-ish with you know, flourishes of, musical, very of musical, bigness. yeah, bigness, a very bigly somewhere between Rush and Pink Floyd is yes. kind of what we said. Yes, so, I like that comparison. Yeah, so and I, I've always referred to them as the English Rush, and no one's ever agreed with me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay, so they get their own damn podcast. Exactly. So we talked a lot about Hogarth in that first episode, but just to touch on him again. So he joins in 89. That's a top 10 album that they have with him the first time. And then they leave EMI, their record label, in 96, and they go the independent route. And they are sort of known as the band that started the whole crowdfunding thing. And they did that all throughout the 2000s. We'll cover that maybe next time. Uh, But that continued into this decade. So they still do this. And actually, they're getting ready to, I think, offer up the different choices for funding the new album. So look for that if you go to Marillion.com. Bake sale, car wash. Exactly. Steve Hogarth will come over to your house in vacuum. Right. Yep. 
pretty amazing. He's doing some Uber driving. <laughs> <laughs> On the wrong side of the road. Wrong side. Yeah, Damn it. Really. Anyway, so with Hogarth, they've had 12 top 40 singles in the UK. They've been ranked 38th in Classic Rock's 50 Best Live Acts of All Time. They're known as being a live act. And in 2016, we're going to cover it in this episode, they returned to the UK albums chart after 22 years of being off of it. They've sold over 15 million albums worldwide. Well, you might be thinking, how can you put them in a grave mistake? They should have been huge episode. Well, it's because they're pretty much only big in the UK and Europe. They sold like 20 albums here in the States. In the States, it's kind of hard to find people who know a lot about this yeah. band. You, you have people who have heard of them and maybe heard a little bit of the Fish era, maybe a couple of those first couple of Hogarth albums, but mm. not too many people that go deep unless you're really looking into the prog corners of the cities. You know, if you go into these special clubs where these proggy people hang out. <laughs> All the time. Oh, yeah. The, hang out there every actually, Friday and Saturday. I don't think they have those clubs. I think most no. people are in their, their bedrooms. Their basement. Yeah, the there's, basement. A, there's a basement but, for that prog group. Well, that's, you know, that's one of me, too, right? This band has a Marillion Weekend. It's an annual event, and they do it in, in different locations every year. And they just announced that, I think, the Marillion Weekend in, I think it's the Netherlands, got canceled again this year because of COVID. Mm. But it's going to take place in the UK, and they do a couple of different locations. But basically mm. what they do is they hold an event for themselves, and everybody shows up and it, just parties and has a good time. It's like it's it, like a cruise, but they don't get on a boat. Right. No seasickness. Right. No dealing with the knuckleheads in foreign countries, so... Yeah, so they have also announced that they will be on the next cruise to the edge. They have confirmed. My ticket is still there. Valid. As far as I know, it's still there holding my spot. So mm. I will, this is, I can't wait. At some point, I'm going to see this band live because they don't come to the States very often. Mm. And when they do, I haven't had a chance to go see them. It's always like a Tuesday night or something. You're busy. You know, it's the night that I wash my hair. Yeah, that, that takes up three hours. You, know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So let's jump in to the 20 teens with Marillion. And the first album they released in the 20 teens is an album from 2012 called Sounds That Can't Be Made. And they were coming off two years of not really doing anything. They had a double album called Happiness is the Road in 2008. And then they had an all-acoustic album, which was kind of a reinterpretation of some of their music, called Less is More in 2009. We'll cover those on another episode. But those two albums, they did okay, but not my favorite albums. And so I was really hoping for something special on album number 17, and I got it. This is a fantastic album. It's the most political album they've ever made, though. And so it, it you know, ruffled some feathers I think when it came out because they have a song that leads off the whole album called Gaza and it's basically it takes the perspective of somebody who's a Palestinian growing up in the Gaza Strip mm -hmm. and Steve Hogarth actually went on a, a holiday where he visited Gaza and he talked to people and so he got real perspective on just how the people are so the, the song kind of looks at both children that are Palestinian and children that are Israeli. And it's not meant as a slight on Jewish people or anything like that, but it's just trying to tell two sides of a story mm. of reality. And uh, so it, it definitely ruffled some feathers and kind of the first time they've really done that to this degree, but a very, very powerful song. We're going to play it. Okay. Now here's, here's the thing. This song happens to be rather long. Is this which the, which is the way that, that Marillion does things. Is this the 17-minute or? This, yeah, so I'm just going to set this up. Oh, Stay damn. with us. Yeah. Stay with us. This song is 
amazing. Uninterrupted, uninterrupted by commercials. This is going to be uninterrupted. And yes, it's long, but it's got a lot of different movements and a lot of emotions. And I'm just curious to see from someone listening to it for the first time what, what we discuss when we come back. But I'll give you a little more on it when we get back. But stick with us. Listen to it. This is Gaza from 2012.
God, he came up with something to say after that. It's like a movie, right? It really is. I mean, my analogy that came to me during that was, you and I have seen Roger Waters several times, amazing shows. And at the end, there's always that, oh, hey, this is a new song I wrote. And everybody goes, oh, okay, we're going to listen to this. Or some people make their way to the exit, knowing there's one more song after that. And he's been a known, very vocal critic of the country of Israel. And so he's had a number of these songs were very pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel, and he catches flag for that. And, you know, it's a controversy that's been around for a thousand, a year, thousand years, more than that. I mean, I don't know if it's ever going to be solved, but it's something that, you know, a lot of people feel strongly about. And so his songs have always felt more preachy. He's right. throwing this down your throat here at that concert, and it's only four minutes long, and you kind of listen to it and try to appreciate it, and you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Where this song was more of, we're going to lead you down a pathway, and tell you about something if you want to come along and listen to it that's cool if not we're going to do this anyway and you find yourself moving along with them musically lyrically throughout that 17 minutes and it didn't feel like 17 minutes it it just it was over before i knew it so uh the the ending was great it just went out in a very i don't know thought-provoking way with the harmonies uh, by themselves without any music so yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah, a lot of lot of different movements. Yeah, and, yeah. And some people may not like that, but in in my head, it's it really plays out. It's very cinematic in nature. It just plays out as a short story almost. Mm-hmm. Seventeen minutes would be you know a little short film. And songs that allow you to have those psychological cinematic moments where you're on your own. It's it's your head. Your imagination is there. They're providing the soundtrack to it. And it's up to you to put the visual effects to it and what I imagined was going on and what you would imagine what was going on the first time you heard it and the image you have in your head from what we've seen on the news and other things that right. that's one of the songs that allows you to do that a lot of music i listen to doesn't really have that and you know there's the motorheads of the world where i don't want to necessarily have lots of visual images i just want some loud rock and roll yeah it's a whole different thing yeah, i'm thinking about something or making something and doing something whatever else but then there's songs that you need to sit down and just think about this song and listen to it with headphones on preferably so it drowns out any distractions and just listen to that song for 17 minutes you know, if you're in your car that's harder you've got distractions but you know, maybe you can listen to it when you're in the parking garage. When you get to your destination, hit that yeah. play button. Well, what I think's brilliant about it is a lot of songs lyrically can take you places just by reading the lyrics, right, and the content and what they're trying to get across. And sometimes it's up to your own interpretation. Mm-hmm. In this case, you know what he's singing about, so you have a little bit of the context already, mm-hmm. so you don't have to interpret a whole lot. It's just hearing what he's saying. But the way that the musicians take you to that actual place that you've seen on the news, or maybe mm-hmm. you've been there, I don't know, but yeah. I haven't been there. But the way that they musically take you there, and this is a band from the UK, right? They don't have, they're not from that area. But somehow, musically, they're able to to take their Western music and make you feel like you're there in Palestine in a way, Mm -hmm. just by the way they're using the effects and the sounds. And I just, it's just brilliant to me. It's, you know, very much like what I think a person who would do a film score goes through is they're trying to transport you to what you're seeing visually. Mm -hmm. Here, you don't have the visual. So they're trying to create the visual through the music. And they succeed. And they totally succeed. And the other thing that I just find really powerful and why this album just really resonates resonates with me is it's Marillion stepping into 2012. It's them taking everything they've done, mm-hmm. but you're getting a little more heaviness in the beginning. You're getting a little more grit. You're getting a little bit of that kind of techno electronic kind of moving into the, you know, where everybody else is with, mm-hmm. with the music going on in 2012, yet not losing who they are. So they're growing with what's going on around them in the music world, but also maintaining that they're still Marillion and they're still doing their thing. Mm-hmm. So. And growing without chasing the trends. Last episode was all about bands 
chasing trends and very hilarious outcomes. Sad, but hilarious. But they've, they've evolved and they've grown and they've incorporated newer elements, just like you said, but they're, they're not chasing trends. They're still Marillion. Right. And this album actually did fairly well for them. It reached number 43 in the UK and it was number 22 in the Netherlands. So they, they like them in, in the Netherlands. In the nether regions. <laughs> the nether regions. <laughs> they were also awarded Band of the Year by Prague, which is like a progressive music awards. Because there was all those Prague bands out in 2012. There actually are a ton of Prague bands. You just have to dig a little you get it go way deep to get all the Prague but bands. There were a ton of newer Prague bands, especially in the beginning of that decade coming out. But Merlion were still the kings. So let's move on. This is a this is kind of a heavy episode. The the music was was heavier. It was more cinematic. It was more dramatic. That's where you know where they are life stage wise. Right? Yeah. So now let's move into the year 2016. They take a, a good bit of time to tour and then release the next album. And this album hits you just from the title of it. If you look at the cover, it looks like it says fear. But then you read underneath it and you realize that fear is just an acronym. And the name of this album is Fuck Everyone and Run. <laughs> Did you just do something like you ghost, uh, what do you call it, crop dusted somebody and you run away? (laughs) So Pull the pin on their grenade, throw that in the room and run away. This is another, uh, you know, think about what was happening in 2016 politically, what changes were happening in the world. They apparently were not super excited. And so they're back and they released this in September 2016. It debuted at number four on the UK charts. So this is the album that brought them debuted back. at number four debuted nice. at number four their highest placing since clutching at straws with fish back in 1987 almost three decades still ago. relevant so pretty amazing and this is another crowdfunded effort this time i actually went for the signed vinyl so i have Ooh. a signed vinyl copy of this which is pretty cool and it'd be cooler if i could actually see them sign it but you know whatever h is gonna sweat on it next time that's gonna yeah. be your bonus. Now what's interesting, I don't know if you remember in one of our episodes we did 24-7 Spies, it was episode four, we talked about them doing a crowdfunding for their last mm-hmm. album and they did it through Pledge Music and we talked about how Pledge Music went under right? They went bankrupt. They kept their money. And they kept a lot of their artists' money. Well, this was also done on Pledge Music but this happened just before all that stuff started to happen. So Mario Lane got lucky with this one. Oof. So, um, yeah. So anyway, that was a horrible thing to happen to a lot of bands, but it didn't. Luckily, it didn't happen to Marillion here. This is another heavy, heavy not in the sense of the the music and crunchy, but it's it's heavy in the sense of the the lyrical subject matter. Subject matter. It's it's about the state of England. If you think about again what was happening in 2016, mm. Brexit and everything that's going on. God, and if somebody what's can happening explain in our that own to country, me, I'll buy you a beer if you can explain that to me in yeah. like three or four minutes. Yeah. So there was there was just a lot of chaos going on, and not much has changed really since. 2016. No, they're still fighting about it. Welcome to 2021, uh, where we are now. So they have another 17-minute single. Now, I'm not going to do that to you again. I think one 17-minute Well, we could just do that and end the episode. (laughs) And we're done. Two songs. Well, well, the the good thing about this one is when I got the vinyl, they also gave you a digital copy of it. And the digital copy actually split up into the segments of the 17-minute songs. Oh, wow. I'm able to play a segment. It was movements. Yeah, I'm able to play one of the movements. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to play from that single which was called The New Kings I'm just going to play you the closing 3 minute and 30 second closing section so let's check out The New Kings part 4 Why Nothing Is Ever True from Fear 
Maybe you should have played the whole thing. I don't know. It was a good taste. It was a good, good yeah, taste that, of that what, was a what was tease. There. A Marillion. Yeah, three and a half minutes is just a tease when it comes to Marillion. <laughs> it's true. For me, that was like two songs I think that I could have written in that same amount of time. <laughs> How do they remember the freaking chords on a 17-minute song? They pull this stuff off live and yeah, they do I know. it well. And there's no there's no uh, t- teleprompter or anything. Like Bruce Springsteen totally cheats. I know for a fact because I've been on st- his stage and my brother-in-law wrote the program that he used. So, you know, there's artists that do have the monitors buried in the stage to remember what the songs are. But these guys, like I said, 17 minutes for one song and they remember the chord changes for it. I couldn't remember my own lyrics. I wrote the damn lyrics and there were more than one occasion where I forgot the lyrics to my own song. So I just sing the same verse again. Well, they probably do the same thing. I told you when I went to Dream Theater a few years ago, Cooper was there and he had the in-ears that because he worked for a company, uh, Fractal, who Uh does all the guitar stuff. Uh, guitar processor that that Petrucci uses, Cooper worked for Fractal. And because of that relationship, they gave him a headset so he could dial in and listen to each individual member, Mm -hmm. what they're hearing in their their headset, you know, for their click track or whatever in their in-ears. And the drummer had all sorts of cues. Audible cheat sheet. Audible cues that he was listening to Uh because they have all those time signature and crazy dream theater stuff. But (laughs) when I listened to the... I listened to the bass player for a little while, and I didn't hear any cues for him. He just knew. But I also heard that that guy warms up for two hours before every show, and then after the show... Warms down? 
Yeah, he plays for another, after he plays for 90 minutes, two hours, whatever uh-huh. he's doing, he goes and plays for another hour. Just to wind down. To wind down. That's a freak. That's crazy. Freaks. That's I, cr- I warmed up for a total, <laughs> like, if you put all of my warm-up no, man, time I'm together. I'm drinking beer. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> in the entire time that we were around, every show that we did, practice, anything, my total amount of warm-up time was about five minutes. Vocally, guitar-wise, I mean, I'm running up on stage, getting ready to play, go, <clears throat> all right, here we go. Bam. That was me warming up. I play four strings. My warm up is uh, tuning them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm usually tuning while you're playing. You go, uh, stall a little bit there, Kevin. I got to tune. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, mad so, respect for that musicality. I don't, I don't know that Marillion does that same thing, but that's a possibility that they, yeah. they put vocal cues maybe in their in-ears or something. But and There's a reason why. I, they're, yeah. they're much better than I I mean, these was. guys have been doing this since 1979, so yeah. I happen to think they just play it. Professionals. So crazy. So I've talked a lot in these episodes about the Marillion weekends that they do, and I actually have a recording from one that they did in... 2015. Now, this didn't come out until 2018, but this is from the Netherlands, recorded in March 20 or March 22nd of 2015. And these and, are on YouTube because I came across a couple. Yeah, uh, 2006 uh, was one, and I don't know if it's Colorado or California, one of the C states. But it was amazing live performance, and yeah, definitely go check those out. Yeah. So what what they tend to do is they have theme nights, right? So they may play all of Brave. You know, we talked about that album in the '90s episode. They may play something front to back. They may play it backwards. You know, all all sorts of crazy things. And then in this particular night, the the one that I got, it's singles night. So they played every single that they've ever released in order. So that means that Steve Hogarth had to sing. All of the, all the 80s fish songs. fish songs up front. So I thought it might be kind of fun to uh, hear Hogarth's version of a fish song. And this is a song that was actually a single that was on the Clutching at Straws album that came out in 87 with Fish. This was one that was a number six single on the UK singles chart. And it was the band's third top 10 hit. And it was actually their last hit single until 2004. So the name of the song is Incommunicado. And this is a version of H singing it.
That sounds like it'd be fun live. What a! I want to be there. Yeah, that's a great upbeat song to play live. I'd, I'd never heard it before, but that's still cool. What's cool about that is it has uh, so that that was originally done in '87. Yeah, but it's got this real kind of to my American ears. It's got this real kind of sticks meets Rush vibe. hundred percent '70s and maybe Saga. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Tonight I am on the loose. <laughs> I love that song. Actually, that, that song was too. that was that was one of the early MTV songs. This Canadian band, yeah, another I, Canadian. Band. I haven't heard this. I'm gonna have to go look list that, uh, look that up again because I, I need to hear that song now. I think no be on one the can stop us now. Tonight we're <laughs> on the loose. <laughs> I think they're gonna be on the the Prague cruise that I'm on as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't see them as a pro- I, I don't know any other songs of theirs, but I don't see them as a prog band. But hey, bless them for that. What here? Here go. Here it goes. But, uh, I mean, no, very 70s Genesis sticks, all that, you know, early rush, all all that baked together. (laughs) They came out in 87 and was a hit. And then we're hearing it, you know, 30 years, 40 years after the sound kind of was in its heyday. So that it's all in the keyboards. Yeah. All of that was in the keyboards, that sound, that synth sound. Whatever that was, a mix of Hammond and whatever other synth. Yeah, it was exactly on. that. It was a mix of Hammond and and I don't know anything about. Where's our friend Brandon? I don't know. He it's can tell some us. kind of chord, chord or something. Uh, I don't know. Who knows <laughs> yeah. what it is? Yama whatever. Roland. Roland. I don't Roland, know. Roland, Roland, Roland. God, that's just fun. And, and an interesting take. If you know the song with Fish, an interesting take from H. I noticed that he depended on the crowd a bit. Oh, was kinda, that, he kind of did the Vince Neil. I was going to say the Motley Crue yeah. move. That's the, that's the Motley Crue move. You sing a little bit of the chorus and then you just point the mic towards the audience and let them do the rest. Home sweet. Because I think... You do it. <laughs> I think range-wise, it's probably a little bit hard to do those fish songs. I got one more for you because they released 
another album in 2019. So Ooh, it takes us to the fresh. end of the decade. Relatively fresh. And this is another reimagining kind of album that they did. And if, so they've already done the acoustic one. What could they do next? Hmm. Subliminal. The sub- orchestra. Completely sub- oh, okay. The orchestra. Yes. <laughs> not backtrack. <laughs> no, it's not backtrack. No. They bring in a string quartet and reinterpret or reimagine some of their older songs. Oh, it's like when Metallica did the orchestra. Like, it was sorta, all the rage. Well, when was sorta. that? Mid-2000s? Like, every band had to have an orchestra. Yeah, was it late 90s? I don't late remember. Ni- maybe don't late remember 90s, when Metallica yeah. did it. But there was a whole string of them, and Kiss was one of them that followed it. Yeah. And, but this is a little bit different because this isn't live. A lot of those, they use the yeah. live recording, right? And they bring the, the orchestra in. Nope. This is them bringing a string quartet in that they actually used live. So they, one of the Marillion weekends in 2017, they decided to bring this string quartet on stage and they did just that. They did mm. one of these symphonic with Marillion shows and they liked it so much they thought, let's bring them into the studio and sort of rewrite some of these songs that we love that we think would be interpreted really well with strings. Mm because they had never done that before. So they only do songs from the H years, so it's just stuff that Hogarth wrote or took part in. And I'm going to play Season's End, which if you remember from our 80s episode, Season's End was the first album that Steve Hogarth was on in Mm. 1989. Mm -hmm. And the song Season's End is a really kind of dramatic song. It was one of the first ones of theirs where instead of trying to go pop, because that's what they did when Steve Hogarth first joined. Mm. This was the one song that was kind of still in that Marillion space. Mm-hmm. And so this is a really good one to reinterpret with a string quartet. And that's what we're going to do. So here is Seasons In from With Friends from the Orchestra 2019. Turn a newborn fist 
You'll never miss it till 
one hell of a breakup song. Damn. <laughs> and just rip that heart right out, throw it out the window. The orchestral arrangements for that compared to bands like Metallica, Scorpions, things like that. It was the those the orchestra was live, but it's also way over the top. And when you combine metal bands with an orchestra, the orchestra really stands out. It, it, it was cool and it, it worked, but at the same time, it just you have one side Metallica, other side orchestra, and it's obvious they added strings to that. With this, there are Marillion is already so orchestral in nature that it was just an added element to a song, that it didn't stand out as, oh, this is with an orchestra. It was just, oh, this is Marillion really good. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just it's, with you know, a couple more, and you can't even tell that it's not just the band it, that, you know, hey, these guys are talented. Who knew? This guy knows how to play the oboe. Right. <laughs> Violin. It was slightly rearranged, so if you know the song, the, the bit at the end is all mm. new. Oh, okay. And, so it's like uh, a reprise. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just a cool interpretation of an, of an older song, mm. and one from H's very first album with the band. What we haven't talked about today that we have to talk about now is Steve Rothery's guitar playing. God, dude, <laughs> he just, all these songs, he just kills it. And we didn't talk about it on Gaza on the first song. It, right at near the end, mm-hmm. he just has this ripping, amazing, soulful lead. And then he had it again in this song. And just mm-hmm. another gut-wrenching. I mean, the, that's the what... The guy just is talented. That's what drew me into the to Neverland, the, my first Marillion song, even though I know I heard Kaylee back right, in the day. Right. I didn't realize I'd heard it till most recently. I've listened to it again. Like, oh, yeah, I did hear that song. But what... <laughs> drew me into the band was Neverland and that really super simple guitar part. I mean, just like five notes. And yep. But the way he could draw that out, same thing with Gilmore. You yeah. know, the, there's several solos where he takes three notes. I wonder if they know each notes. other. Yeah, like, well, I'll introduce him. I'll call him up. David, I wonder, yeah, like, like, have you met this guy? Do you, you guys know? know you sort of play yeah, they, similar? Your kids go to the same... Well, kids, but the kids are you know, <laughs> grown-ass adults. What yeah, am I talking kids about? kids are 40. 40, 50 years old at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe with his new wife. Maybe he had some new kids Right. Well, wife. this is true. Yes. But this anyway, yeah, you have to wonder, God, they're just so similar in the way they are talented, but yet not over the top guitars. I love over the top guitars. Don't get me wrong. Got to have that all day long. There's a place for all There's these There's a place flavors. for all these All flavors. these different flavors, But man. what got me to play, pick up the guitar were people like David Gilmour, because I thought, oh, that's five notes. Oh, I think I can play five notes. Obviously not as well as he can, but <laughs> it was attainable goals that I set for myself. That like, oh yeah, I can play three notes. That's cool, but I can't play these, you know, arpeggiated runs all over the map. No, but I never would have picked up the guitar if it were just for those guys. So anyway, yeah, his style is similar. Both have a beautiful way of just making it drippy and Mm -hmm. just really nice. Yep, absolutely. Not much more we can say there. There's more to come from us on Marillion. Yes. But there's also more to come from the band. Like I said, they're in the studio right now for album number 20. That was album number 19 that came out in 2019. And in 2021, we will get album number 20 from Marillion. if they have a show anywhere on the East Coast. I'll be seeing them on a boat, apparently, next year. (laughs) On a boat. On a boat. Yeah, there's a rap artist that talks about that. (laughs) Me and T-Pain. T-Pain on a boat. boat. Well, Friday, he's going to be on a fire pole. (laughs) 
I have to make a whole please, new song. Please take some pictures. I got to figure out a way to do that. Well, like I said, I worked it into the contract where I have to show him how to use the fire pole so he doesn't kill himself. That alone. So I you think right then schooling I'm gonna, T-Pain how, how to, to use, a, use fire a fire pole. But I think I'll be able to talk them in. I don't know. Like I said, I've upsold them on the pyro. I think I can still upsell them even one more on some of the flamethrowers if I show them. the. I didn't even show them those. I'm like, let me bring those out tomorrow. You know, So I think I'll get really close. And if I sell them on the flamethrowers, I'll have to teach them how to use a flamethrower. This and I'll, I'll definitely get video of that because be, that'll be a few minutes of education before Dude, I let him use one of those. You need to watch out because T-Pain going to burn your house down. Gonna burn my, well, you know, <laughs> if somebody burns my house down, it better oh, be somebody no. that I can talk about. It. <laughs> and I've got their insurance certificate, so you know what? I'll just build it bigger and better. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that was Marillion in the 20-teens. What is this? <laughs> Saga. Hell yeah! <laughs> Sorry. Great Canadian progressive band. You should dig into them. It's good stuff. I think we should. Maybe we should. I think we're probably going to have to pause on the prog a little bit after we finish our one Marillion. Week. One week. We'll pause yeah. one week. We'll do something on punk rock. And but we've had, this, we've had this four, <laughs> we've had this four-part Marillion piece. We have yeah. one more to go, and I think it's probably going to be the one that you really resonate with. Yeah, so you know I like that. That's coming up in the next few weeks. Who knows what we're going to listen to next week? I don't know. Nobody knows. We'll do a seance. <laughs> I think we got to get back to the seance and we do some... Make let, sure they haven't forgot about us. The spirits the need occult, to know who we are. Yeah, let the occult tell us what we're going to do. I, it's got me this far in life. Exactly. I've always listened to them. Always. <laughs> Until next week. See ya! Later! <laughs>